Hello and welcome to I Spit On Your Grades, the best haunting edition. It's me, Mercer. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Faye and Chris. You right? Good morning. You know what's haunting? Your face. <laughs> and we're off, to a, we're off to a swimming start. So we'll probably just jump into it. So we've got four films to get through. Before we go into each of the films, we'll just give a little bit of a bit of feedback of what the actual public put suggestions up for. Mm. Um, we had a few suggestions. Good suggestions. Good suggestions. Yeah. Very good suggestions. Some so, suggestions for films we've already covered. That is true. Um, so we got from Nodding Goth suggested Lake Mungo. Uh, saying, honestly, I've watched it about a bajillion times and it still creeps the fuck out of me. It's so good. It is. It's surprising that one of us didn't pick it. I know. Because yeah. that, that reveal at the end is just, wow. Doctor, why must you turn our podcast into a podcast of lies a, baj- a bajillion times? Are you questioning her? <laughs> Have you heard this? Wow. I mean, I believe it's possible to watch a film a bajillion times. It is. In, in the grand scheme of things. I've watched Shaun of the Dead a bajillion yeah. times. Um, I think ITV2 have shown it a bajillion times. It's not And that's why I've watched it a bajillion times. Mm-hmm. So we've got Salty and Popcorn, uh, who initially suggested The Haunted, um, but then went on to say that he was going to go for one of what Kim Newman refers to as a mortgage horror and still one of the best. That house face, I'm air quoting there, just so you can see, that haunting score, one of the best, the pig, it's the Amityville horror. Oh. Amityville or Amityville? Amityville. 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 It is really good. Um, I also noticed you said you've got the book to read, Chris. I've, I've read the book. It's on my night. It's on my nightstand. Do you the know, book like, is, you, the book is yeah, terrifying. I, I, read yeah, terrifying. Yeah. I read the book when I was, like, 13 or something. Around that kind of age. I think, Mercer, you lent me the book the first yes. time I read it, yeah. It's the picture in the back. It's the picture that he draws of the pig. That's in there as well, on top of everything else. I just, I don't remember, I just remember the part when he's asleep in the TV room and he hears them telling, he, he says that he, the voices are telling him what to do. Mm. It freaked me, the, it's so genuine, the genuinely are. terrifying book. Yeah. We're seeking out both the book and both versions of the film. The yeah, because the remake is great. Yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, it is. And Amityville 2 is also really good. Is that one with the yeah. lamp or is that Amityville It's all the incest. Freedom. Oh. I don't remember what we said. Yes, I got it into an episode. Of course you did. Um, Freeze the lamp. So yeah, and then uh, finally as well, we've got Renzel in coming in there with uh, Del Toro's The Devil's Backbone. So much more than a ghost story. And Hideo Nakata's? I can't say his name. Hideo Nakata. Hideo Nakata's Dark Water, which is utterly heartbreaking. I'm struggling to remember Dark Water. It was years ago that I watched it. I just remember the tank. If you want, if you, if you want the equivalent of the experience with dark water, get counter flat, wait for the damp patch to form, and then sit there staring at it for two hours. Anyway, they were, in my opinion, they were all really, really good they choices. They are good choices, yes. But it wasn't the one that was chosen. No. Um, in fact, we ended up watching First Time For Me. And Me. And Me. Yeah. The Changeling. Not what I was expecting. Definitely not. But we'll get to that at the end. We will. So, as I won last episode, um, I'm going to go first with my choice of film. My choice of film is Ghost House from 1988. Uh, Ghost House is the story of Henrietta. Well, it's not really the story of Henrietta. It starts with Henrietta Mm. uh, and her family getting murdered. And then we follow uh, Paul and Martha, who hear this strange recording and manage to find their way to this house. Ghost House is, um, if you don't know it's Ghost House, you might find it as La Casa 3. Can you explain to me why it's La Casa 3, please? Why, yes, I certainly can. Thank you very much. So it was renamed in Italy as La Casa 3. Why 3? So the reason they did that is because they were wanting to maximise and get as much profit as they can from the film. Yeah. And using, like, the house in titles um, was, like, something that was quite popular to do. So they there were two films already out oh. in Italy, um, Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two. Yeah, La Casa, La Casa Two. 
And this is La Casa 3. What? I'm confused. They are piggybacking. They piggybacked. They basically piggybacked off the back of Evil Dead. That shit. Yeah. Which, <laughs> That's is, right, shit. which actually made it successful in Italy. Um, the the director and everyone said actually, if we'd have just released this as whatever it would have been titled, probably wouldn't have done as well. Watching this as when I was younger, I didn't recognise this as an Italian film, and I didn't. I just it was just a film. I mean, it's, just, it's shot in America. Yeah, but there yeah. are some clear dubs yeah. in there. Yes. And it's only when you go back now and you watch the Italian style that you look at that and go, okay, yes, Italian director, I can see Italian fingerprints all over this film. I think he had his finger in Tenebrae. Not to... <laughs> <laughs> I think I read on IMDb that it was part of Tenebrae. Lots of people have had their fingers in Tenebrae. <laughs> yeah. I know they went on to do the Casa 4. And 5. Uh, I know, so technically they've only made three films. I think like Casa 87 has just come out. <laughs> um, with Gross House, I just think it's a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. I think just the the concept is great. I think on this, we should maybe hear from Chris, because the point I made was growing up with horror and watching these kinds of things when we were younger, you tend to have a fondness for them. Um, buried in nostalgia and I think if you're coming into this the first time in 2020 and watching it would it be the same experience no no it would not it would not <laughs> no I, I think you're you're sending this up as if I'm gonna hate I'm not hate ghost house I'm not and I didn't I didn't hate ghost house not at all there are parts that were were bad I'm not gonna lie but those parts I really enjoyed the premise the set, initial setup the ham radio, really, really like that. The actual intro beforehand, not not so. Did you not like? I like I like the channel. I like the I like the creepy voice. Um, I think that was good. I think that was good. The actual death scenes were a bit. Did meh. you like all the glass blowing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the initial death scene there a bit meh. but the actual when it, when it kicks in to start with the ham radio aspect of it, hearing that him trying to track down the source of that recording. I really enjoyed. I thought that was a really nice premise. I mean, I've got to. I've got to jump back because I love the opening. I think it's very uh, Jello inspired. Yeah, um, Obviously, an Italian director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love the 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 fact that it really doesn't make that much sense. Like Henrietta's just killed a cat and he locks her in his basement on her birthday. Uh, Turn the lights off. Yeah, leaves the dead cat down there with. Yeah. Um, just to know what you've done. And then, and then, like, I'm also can't work out whether they got killed by a spirit that was engulfed by or that was brought up by Henrietta and the doll Mm. whether they actually got murdered no that weird hand thing makes me think that it's it's a a deep spirit kind well that's what I thought I mean and that hand comes back somewhere I thought right at the very end yeah yeah, was that what killed the parents yeah but then you know we are jumping too far ahead and we will get to him I just found the the groundskeeper a little bit too bizarre and I thought maybe he was the killer Uh, but (laughs) this house has been abandoned (laughs) I'm going to say throughout all the films we've watched in every single one of them and I've come up with a new a new name for this I'm calling them Dib Guys, D-I-B Guys, Dead is Better Guys. I just found it interesting that they were in all four of the films. No, there was one in all four. Well, I, I think he's quite interesting. And um, <laughs> when you're talking about the CB radio, you know, I do love the film, mm. but there are parts that I think are, like, hysterical. So when, she, when, when Martha goes, can you trace it? And he's like, well, I need to, and starts going into this technical explanation about it. And then she's like, just do it, I'll make coffee. I don't know why she's Russian or German. There's a bit where she's in the loft, and what does she say? She goes, I'm like, I don't want to, I'm going now, bye. And then she goes, <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to, well, I'm going to have to do some science now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, and I don't really think you could track uh, a CB radio the way he does. No, no, I don't. It's not getting maps out. It's like, I'm gonna, I'm, well, I'm gonna, back in the 80s, going, well, I'm gonna have to filter out all the background noise and then start praying to a wizard. <laughs> the best thing to record it as well, the way he's like, I, th- I think it's real. Who are you? 
What do you want? It's the worst acting from anyone in the film. Oh my god, that's a that's a that's a high bar. The, the, the bit with the radio as well that got me is where they're showing it to that other guy. We'll, we'll call him Blonde American because I can't think of his name. Oh, uh, Jim. Yeah, so they're showing it to Jim and um, he's listening to his own voice and his sister's voice and he's not freaked out at all by this. He's like, well, that, that does sound like me. That does actually sound like my sister. And that's it. There's no emotion. No, what the fuck is going on? I think my favourite part about that scene, I know we're like just jumping all over the shank, but my favourite part about that scene is when he's like, my name's Jim. I'm here with my brother and my sister and his girlfriend. <laughs> we're on vacation. I mean, like, you know she's you know right, she's I've got everything now. You yeah. know she's a badass because she rides a motorbike <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, but we get I think we get double dib guys yeah. in this film because when we meet Pepe he's Is like, Pepe a dib guy? Well he's like, Are you afraid he's a of dick ghosts? Guy. Oh. And then when he gets out of the car, he's like, You should be afraid of ghost pea brains. Like as if he knows. He's and then, then he goes and then later on goes well, I'm just going to go sleep in this abandoned house. <laughs> so, yeah, so anyway, we, we've, we've got to house, we've found everything, and um, we get to meet all the other characters. All the other characters. characters. <laughs> and they're just great. It's like, the, the relationships are so bizarre. Um, like, Tina is clearly the same age as everybody there. The, the, um, the, the, she's the, the little youngest, girl. Yeah, oh, the youngest sister. They rat on her so much. And she's not doing anything. All she, it's like she's always telling lies. She's always told lies. It's, Bitch, she's trying to save your really, life. It's really weird as well because she looks... Because obviously you got that... The Rebel with the motorbike there. She's got that kind of whole all-American kind of wholesome kind of look. Alyssa Milano in Commando. Yeah, yeah. But, she's, but, she's supposed to be, but she's supposed to be this problem child at the same mm. time. It just doesn't. She definitely work. ain't a problem child, and she definitely she speaks like a child though. Mm. Like when the when she's like, "Oh, you didn't tell us you cut school," and she's like, "Oh, I didn't or whatever," and then she's like, "You're all against me. I hate you. I hate you all." <laughs> and then Flay flags off into oh. um, camper van, jumps into the haunted camper van as as we as we see later on. Oh, the haunted camper van scene. They check just scene. shaking it. Do you know? And the thing. There's clearly no disregard for health and safety no. in that because shit is flying on her head and you won't get away with that now. But she Definitely she not. could have gotten knocked out at any point during that scene. That scene, um, do you know, like when the telly comes on, mm. I know these. It's always a thing. <laughs> you can so tell that obviously it's fake because yeah. they, they've projected it on there. But when he switches it off, it just goes mute. You know about in the camper van? Yeah, the TV in the camper van. Yeah. I just like there's the scene like obviously the girl comes on with the doll. Um, and I don't know, just little things like she's looking and she just widens her eyes just a little bit. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, you creepy bitch. Well, I thought, actually, <laughs> you creepy bitch. I did find her genuinely creepy. Yeah. The, the kid with the doll. I thought she really, out of everything, she was the bit that probably worked best in the I film. I think she does a good job. Yeah. She yeah. was like, oh, yeah. I thought, um, I, you can't deny the doll does a good job. <laughs> That doll's Oscar was there. Are you there? Are you there? On the list of quality acting, the doll comes a good second place. <laughs> I think I think the doll's quite freaking myself. It, it, yeah, it, it reminds me of the Poltergeist doll. There's the entire Poltergeist scene almost. Yes, in the bedroom. There where is. Yes. spinning yeah. round. And in the bedroom as well, we, <laughs> she seemed to be more bothered by the flying feathers <laughs> rather than the flying. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just walk out the room. <laughs> Just leave. And that shit's not going in your mouth. But it's fun though, isn't it? You, it is you can't fun. Deny but, but this it's I'm saying fun. it is fun and watching it when you when you're younger is fun as well. There's some good splattery deaths in there as well, there let's is. face it. I, I think I think Tina's death is really effective but hilarious at the same time. Because she's obviously she's got cut in half. Yeah. And then one half of her body is over there and one half's over there. But they've positioned like a cradle or something in the middle so you can't see her like guts. It's like a rocky nose, But yeah. it literally looks like she's been pushed so far apart. <laughs> but it, it does look effective. It does, I, yeah. I liked... The, the, bl- the blood in the sink as well. I really like that as an effect. Um, and get his head cut off with the, bat, the spinning... Well, his throat... Oh, sorry, sorry, yes. slip with the, uh... What was funny about that is he has his throat sliced, but as he's falling to his death, he's holding his chest... <laughs> Well, he's had an heart attack. He's oh, right, so what's happened to him? That didn't kill him. No, it was a heart attack. The stress has fucking done him. And what's also funny is that 
crazy maintenance groundkeeper mm. or whatever comes after Tina with that clearly a meat cleaver. Yeah. And attacks Tina. And throughout the rest of the film, Tina's brother keeps going, he came in with an axe! Like, did not, that. No axe. No. Did not notice Legitimately that. Legitimately no axe. Like, he's constantly like, the crazy man with the axe. It's like, no, it's a meat cleaver. There's clearly been a, a change somewhere in script. I think obviously, I, I wonder if whether they were dubbed. I don't know who were dubbed or weren't. How bad must they have been that they went, no, this, this doesn't work. We're going to need to dub over this. Yeah, I think a lot of these old like Italian directors... Employed like mixed mm. casts, um, like Italian people, American people, and I think they all filmed in their own language. Yeah, <laughs> and then they dubbed over who they needed to dub over. That would explain a lot. Um, so like, I just, you know, like sometimes you watch them and you'll see someone whose lip syncs perfect, mm. and then someone else is like they're having a conversation with someone who's saying something completely different, and you're like, I don't, I don't get That's this. That's whole head right is, <laughs> Yeah, I think it is purely um, just the way they've hide the cast and how they do it. Yeah, so just things with Ghost House, like, again, I, I love it. I think it's calm, I think it's over the top, I think it's fun. And I don't think it makes any sense at all. I've got no idea why this crazy groundskeeper is wanting to kill everyone. The, the, when the crazy groundskeeper is going after, we'll call her psychic wife, not psychic wife, we'll call her airwave wife. Is this Martha? Martha, sorry. We'll call her by her character. Well, we'll call her by her proper name, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he's going for Martha, and she runs, in, she runs into that tomb... And she's adamant she's getting into that tomb to get away from him. But the wow. minute she's in there, let me out! Well, why did you go in there then? It doesn't make sense. It does not. It doesn't make sense the way either the way Paul kind of knew what he needed <coughs> to do. Mm. Like, I've discovered where to find the body yeah. with the doll. <clears throat> and I know I need to <clears throat> um, burn her. What does that do? Is that like to suck, like... I don't, yeah, I assume so. It's, be fair, I'm not, I'm not sure you're going to find a plot point that makes sense regarding it's, this. It's, it's some it, kind of, we'll call it some kind of cleansing ritual by burning. It's the it followed logic. The course, yeah. Oh, and I know to get this entity into a swimming mm. pool. But it is cool though. What I like about the film, obviously, we'll draw it to an end on this, but like, we've got. Martha and Paul like doing the like their thing in there, but then we've got them in the house, so we get Tina getting killed, we get the Susan, I think, being stalked, and we get I don't know his name, Paul will no, Mark, the the guy on the motorbike falling into a vat of semen. It is literally yeah. what it looked like. It is, it yeah. is what it looks if, like. If, I mean don't, but if you did collect a vat, the that would be what it looks like. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, just the way like they managed to save Susan just by setting her on fire. And it's also funny, like when they lift the tomb up and she's perfectly preserved. Yeah. It's 20 years later. Yeah. I don't care who you are, you're not preserved. Um, but that's awesome. And then let's not forget, let's not forget the ending of that film. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you remember the ending yes. of the film, Chris? It's the traffic light scene. Did, did you fall asleep? I did fall asleep. <laughs> do you know what happened? Yes, I do know what happened. Yeah. She sees the doll in the window and then its face turns evil and Paul runs to cross the road and he stops and stands still for about five minutes and mm-hmm. starts screaming as a bus hurtles towards him. Mm-hmm. And she just stands going... And that's right. Which is the point I woke up. Yeah. <laughs> the screaming woke him up. But I th- again, I think it's awesome. and It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and I'll tell you for now, to summarise why I picked this up, I think it's Camp Hades fun. It's got over-the-top acting, really dodgy dubbing, uh, which is awesome. Christina Forgerose, the girl who plays Henry, is legitimately scary. She's legitimately creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, the clown song is fucking freaky. That's stuck with me for years. Yes. Um, I've, I've used that a lot. It's it's been there for most of my life, um, and the soundtrack in general is pretty darn sweet. Repetitive. I really like it. And oh this wow! Was my <laughs> summarization of why I like the film. My apologies. <laughs> no, I, I think I think it's got a really cool like eighties. It like fits in like with the demons kind of uh, demons goblin all them kind of like Italian film synth. Weird music. You're just saying words now. Well, I just love it. So, 
I do wholeheartedly recommend everyone watch La Casa 3, a.k.a. Ghost House, and um, and then tell me how amazing it is. And moving on to my pick this week, we've got the groundbreaking, original, utterly terrifying Paranormal Activity. If you're not aware of the plot, which I highly doubt, um, it's based around Mika and Katie, and Katie's been experiencing hauntings and such for most of her life. She's not sure why. Uh, Mika but he becomes interested in it, buys a camera, starts filming it, seeing what he can pick up, and things go from there. Um, I can't think of anything else to say in regard to that, because that's just basically how it goes. Shit gets out of hand, I think it's best to say. It, it does get out of hand, yes. it's um, it, When I first saw Paranormal Activity... I was watching it on a laptop <clears throat> with earphones in and it scared the shit out of me. I was jittery all night because I'm not... Re- you, we've got Blair Witch and we know Blair Witch is a found footage film and, you know, last broadcast and all that jazz. Um, but this, I don't know, this felt different. This Because Blair Witch is, you know, it's witches, it's not hauntings, obviously. But this felt like something new and fresh it's a love. It's a great build up, and those two have got such great rapport from I the like, beginning. I like the fact that we go straight in. I like the fact there's no. There's, he turns up with the camera. There's no oh, and they're sleeping, and because obviously you have to have a plot circle. We need the cameras there in the first mm. place. But there's, there's no oh, I've got a cam. I've got a camera to film our our holiday this year, and I've left it running on the side. Oh my god, it's caught a weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, doing it for the, this reason. He's bought the camera because shit's been going yeah. on to start with. So we're straight we're straight in. There's no ridiculous... Which you probably do, to be fair. If you wanted to catch stuff happening. I know you yeah. you've done it, you've had a sleep hat before, have you not? To How dare you? <laughs> you have. <laughs> to try and listen to what we you because, Do you know I have had a sleep hat? And I'm not gonna criticise anything, but Katie's story is my story. With the demon that comes from me in my sleep that no one believes me about. But it's true. Um, so I do actually... I, I kind of relate well to paranormal yeah. activity. I like... I, you know, that fear, that, that waking up, panicked. That what you witnessed, me standing in a room, staring. That was terrifying. <laughs> that was terrifying. <laughs> Whilst everyone's asleep. Or... What was it? Are you were also doing chanting your name? You were. This were this were fright voice. fest last year. It was so hot, and I just woke up in the. No, we were all sharing a room, and I woke up in the middle of the night. Glad Clara. <laughs> and John was just stood there staring. I'm like, "What are you doing? I'm just trying to cool down." Yeah, it's obviously demon activity was occurring. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's what that was. So, so getting back, jumping to, the film. back to it, yeah. I do like to start with, I do enjoy the, the build up of the relationship. I love the, their relationship, the it's so natural. It is natural, um, I do enjoy it, but then I don't know, it starts getting a little bit repetitive and a little bit boring. I don't find it does. I, I, don't, I, think, I think they behave like any normal couple I, would. I think, I think they do it well. I think because they've got that, they've got that kind of. I wouldn't say playful so when he's trying to film her, it's kind of, that's kind of he's joking. That kind of uh, that's kind of, that's kind of slightly cringeworthy. But when when they start to argue, they start to fight later on when he's he's trying to do what he wants to do to actually expose that he's doing what he thinks is the right thing. They break down there as they get more and more torn apart. Mm. I think it's great. I think it's fine. I just think like how many times. And I think you find it we all found footage films, but how many times are we going to get that camera out of my face, turn that camera off? I'm just like, oh, all right, like we know you don't want the camera in your face. But that obviously furs as a plot in in any film that you use it in, as it does in this. I don't know, just my opinion. I yeah, just, yeah. I just, I just felt like it got a little bit repetitive, and I felt like the scares kind of got a little bit repetitive. There See, weren't I, I... a lot happening until... <laughs> No, the fact they were little things is what's brewing in it. In the same way that Faye watched it the first time, I watched it. I watched it on a laptop, headphones in when I was at, when I was at uni, like one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. I got about halfway through before I went, nope, I can turn that, turning that off off the bed. I mean, I'd just like to also say, I watched it 
on a laptop. <laughs> I'm just going to clarify that this was a DVD in a laptop. I wasn't doing it illegally. This was a DVD when you used to have DVDs in laptop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I watched it the same way. Um, I, I don't know. I just... I think I'm probably just a little bit more hardened to I think feel. That, I think so the, little subtle things for me don't work very well. The little sound effect, the little bits mm. work far better with a pair of earphones. Yes, they, they do because you've got it. Do with a sound. Like that. But yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not slating it. I'm just saying that uh, there were points when I thought, "Are we going to see something different?" And then they do introduce different things. Yes. So like the footprints. I love the footprints in it. It's so effective. It's, it's, can you imagine just walking out of your room and seeing that? I'd freak. I would freak so hard. It does scare, yeah. Oh, well, could we got carpet? <laughs> <laughs> Dickhead. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the goat feet are brilliant. And um, the picture as well, finding the picture yeah. in the loft. And it works brilliantly here and then they spend... I love, I love the Powerful Actory franchise more than it. It's probably my favourite franchise. But dear God, they tie themselves in knots afterwards trying to make that work. Are you talking about the sequels? Yes. Yes, yes. I mean, if you do move on... We're not here to discuss Paranormal Activity 2. No, it's two, just but an if aside. You, if you do move on to Paranormal Activity 2, there are a lot of... You know, it's a lot of contradictions in the first as to how Kate is behaving in the second. Like, in the first, she, you know, will openly talk about it with the psychic guy they have over, which is one of Mika's finest points been an absolute dick in that film to the psychic guy. He's horrible to him. I don't know why, though. Because he's a dick. He's just been a dick. I, was, I, got, I think I wrote it down somewhere. There's a part where, in, um, in it, he turns around to her and he says, this is my house or something, yeah. you're my girlfriend and I will protect you. Because that's a feeling of yeah. vulnerability that he's not helping her when he should be and that's his role as the boyfriend. That's, I just that's feel why like he's expressing his... Masculinity. That's why he's a dick to the yeah. to the uh, the scientist guy because it comes in he's like I don't if I need if I need to start relying on you to protect to explain what's going on and protect it then I'm not doing my job because mm. therefore he's like I've got the camera set up I'm doing this I'm doing all the work I'm I'm going to sort this out so to bring someone else in means that you don't trust me to be able to sort this. Yeah. So my point was with the psychic is that she's openly talking to him about what's happened to her and how it's been going on all life but then you move on to paranormal activity too I forgot what her sister's called in it Krista Krista so she's talking to Christy about it and she's like no I don't want to talk about that we said we'd never talk about that again it's like well you, you is that a prequel or no it's yeah prequel yeah, so yeah. She's obviously like must have moved on no it's, it's no, after because Katie rock Katie rocks up at the end to take to take the kid yeah, but she also rocks After up to the house a... on the camera at the end of number two. Yeah, that's she, when, so, that's she's when... already, so she's already possessed. So she'll clearly... I don't know if it can't because obviously she's... Uh... Here we go with them knots. Here they go again. We're getting spaghetti junctioned. Yeah, I think... Let's yeah, jump that's back to paranormal activity yeah. and jump back to your um, excellent paranormal expert in the film. When Katie explains when I was eight this happened and then it followed me as I've grown and then he expertly deducts and goes hmm it's definitely not a problem with the house it's after you Katie he eats well uh, done she's uh, just fucking told you that <laughs> she has just told you that exact thing but the thing is as well he tells her how you know demons will latch on and they'll do this and it could possibly kill you and yada fire and brimstone but don't worry Katie you're going to be alright oh. <laughs> Surely he's just trying to reassure them. Surely you don't go, well, you're fucked. And just walk out, just walk out the door. Basically what he does the second time when he's like, oh, no, I can't, I can't stay here. It's, it's, yeah, I'm just making things That's because it's been provoked by... It'll it's be been, all right. That's because it's been provoked by that point, though, when he turns up the second time. I think, as well, um, one of the issues I... Not well, I say issues I have the film, with the characters is I, I, I do think Mika's a bit of a dick. Yes. And I think he gets worse. But he, like, it's almost like he's taking the piss out of Kata. Like, when the whole Ouija board thing is like, I promise I won't buy one. Yeah. And then he gets one. He's like, I just said I won't buy one. And you're like, dude, this girl's freaking the fuck out. Yeah. And you're not doing anything to help her. You're actually just being a dick. antagonistic. Yeah. Like, I don't No, I agree. Get it. He is a dick. Why does she stay with him? I don't know. Why does anybody stay with a dick? 
Mm. <laughs> well, yes. No, hang on. You have I to kill him. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a beer, whatever. Um, yeah. So it starts to then get ramped up in terms of what's happening, and it's got one of my favourite bits in any horror film of all time because I've had this nightmare so many times and it's terrifying when it happens not for real so to have it happening for real I think I'd have a heart attack it's where that thing grabs her by the ankle and pulls her out and it freaks me out I don't like it that also looks really good on the screen it's a scream it's how she's screaming as she's being pulled it depends it's blood curdling it looks, it looks great over there if I was doing it they'd it would look ridiculous. They wouldn't. They go fuck me. You must have three or four mates <laughs> yeah. out <of> it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but no, you're right. That does look. I think that's one of the, a really effective scene. And mm. I, I also think earlier on, what's quite effective and a brave scene, I think, is where she just gets out of bed and stands there. Yeah. Like, and she's just staring. I think that's really effective. Mm. And I think it's brave to do because we watch it. It's not on for ages, but we we, we watch it for a good like minute or so, which mm. feels like a long time. It's, yeah, well, it's yeah. hours in. Terms yeah, it's of, hours in the film, yeah. but it feels like a long time if you're just watching someone stood there. And it's a bit like it's quite brave. Well, you're wondering I what's going to happen. You're wondering if she's yeah. going to do something different, but just to stare, so it is like, a lot more creepy than actually doing anything. Yeah. Well, when nothing happens, it does. Time does just slow down. It really does yeah. put you on edge. You're just sitting there going. This feels like forever. And what's going to happen? Like, nothing's ooh. happened yet. There must be something. Yeah. And then, no. She just gets in the bed and that's it. So moving on to the end of the film. Um, obviously, we've seen Katie get dragged back and forth. She's got a bite mark on her back. Nice polar guys through that. I'm sure it's been done in other demon films as well. But it just makes me think of polar guys when I see a demon taking a lump out, a bite out of someone. Yeah, yeah. The ending... Um, for Paranormal Activity, it had three different endings. I, first of all, saw the ending that was her throwing Mika at the camera. I don't remember the demon face, but apparently that's a thing, but I don't recall that from the first that's time I watched the UK, it. That was a UK theatrical. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah I'm just saying, I, I, I don't remember the demon face when I first watched it, but apparently it does. And then you've got Katie stood in front of the camera, slitting her own throat. And the one I don't think I've it's not on the, it's not DVD, on the DVD, no. But it is where the police I don't do they shoot her off camera? They shoot her off camera. She she comes she we hear me we see Mika go downstairs, we see her come back she, up. I think she stood at the top of the stairs. Yeah, she isn't comes it? she comes up covered in blood. The police come up, they tell her to drop the knife, she moves and they shoot her. So what how are the police called? Because there's Screaming. screaming. Right, but they've been screaming throughout and no one's called the police Not this like time. that screaming. She mm. was downstairs and she was just screaming for quite a while, weren't she? Yeah. yeah. And then he comes down and it's a bit of a commotion. Yeah. I, I like the different, like, parts of the different endings. So I like him being thrown at the camera. I think mm. that looks quite good. I like her being shot dead by the police. I like and her I like being shot dead by throat. the police. I, I think we said this. Ursula in a throat kind of messes up any sequels. It does, and that's obviously why yeah, they didn't go why with it. Why they changed it. Yeah. Um, also, I bet, I bet that was probably one of the original ones, and people said, but we like it and we don't want her to die. Yeah. Um, but what I don't like is the demon face. No, I hate like, demon faces. Literally, they could, I know this is melodramatic, but that one moment could practically have ruined the entire film it doesn't I it don't doesn't think. but you know like sometimes you watch a film and it gets right to end and they do something and you just go are you fucking serious it spider no yeah and well, it just makes you like everything good about the film it makes you go i can't even deal with that yeah. last exorcism last 15 minutes although i, 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 I love i wouldn't know i fell asleep the last and lied to eli roth the last exorcism is brilliant until the last 15 minutes when it completely falls apart and turns the garbage yeah. I think overall paranormal activity is quite good. I think it's amazing. Like I said at the beginning, it, it there was something about paranormal activity. It felt different to any other fan footage you'd seen before. It it was creepier. There was more scope to have things going on in the background that you might not necessarily pick up on first time. I'm not. I don't. I you know. I I can't say that I've picked up on everything that happens in the film because I probably haven't. 
there's probably st- likely at Mungo there's stuff there that you don't notice unless you're really sitting down and watching and I love that about paranormal activity it's just there's no score to it there's no music to it it's just them in that house with that entity and it's terrifying and my choice now so it very closely came to be my favourite film of all time on an earlier episode it's easily the best one here it is the absolutely stunning Witch in the Window from Andy Mitten. Great choice. Thank you. I know, I, know, I picked it. I know, I know. <laughs> Anyone who's not aware of the story, quick breakdown. Basically, Simon is a man who flips houses for a living, so buys them cheap, does them up, sells them for a profit. He is flipping a house in Vermont. He has taken his son Finn with him during this short time to actually... Just spend some time with him and bond with him a little bit since he's divorced from Finn's and Beverly. So they go to Vermont, they go into the house, and would you know it, strange things start to happen. <laughs> I know, it's, it's weird that. The reason I love this and the reason I love the stuff that Andy Mitten's done before... Is it We Go On? It is We Go On. Yeah. He, was, he, was, he was co-director of We Go On and, and Yellow Brick Road. He does... The emotional side of horror better than anyone else. Yeah. There's absolutely no doubt that the relationship between him and Finn is absolutely spot on. They have that back and forth. Finn is just turning, he's, on, he's 12, just uh, just about to turn 13. As he said, he's hoping to catch him on the, uh, the 12 side of 13. 13. But their relationship and the way they interact throughout the film is absolutely the way that. Simon interacts with Beverly as well, even though they split. It's not, you can, they split, but it's not a bit of divorce. It's not, they're, they're relatively on good terms. Yeah, yeah. And as we go through and we find out what his motives are for actually buying the house and the way he interacts with both Finn and Beverly again, absolutely beautiful. And then on top of that, he is a man who's, you can do the emotion. He can also do a jump scare. He can create an atmosphere of absolute dread. Well, it's funny. I mean, I, I agree with the dread part. I, mean, I wouldn't necessarily say I agreed with the jump scare because that's the beautiful thing about Witch in the Window. A lot of it is background. And it's when you notice it without being led by noise or sound, that when you see it on your own, you go, oh. Like that mm. first scene where they're in the kitchen and the witch is behind them just it's not in focus it's just blurry like <laughs> i was not prepared for that i was not i, I, I didn't think she was going to be there no, i mean i mean and obviously that's it it's in the background lurking all the time in various different shots but also as i say with jump scares there are a couple of when they go into the basement when the lights when the lights go <laughs> yeah. off oh, yeah. and the electrician's downstairs yeah. that is a great that is a great jump scare yeah, it is I think that's that's not bad for a jump scare. Mm. I think picking up on what you said before about the like the emotional side and getting that, I think he very quickly painted the family dynamic in like one scene, mm. which normally I think it takes a while to get create that sense of what yeah. the relationships are. I think he do, he did do that very well. So like, he, I fully knew where I was with this family. He does relationships yeah. so well. As in, we go on, we go on the same. It's, I've, I've warmed to these films as I've grown older in that it's not necessarily an outright horror film. Mm. It's more a character piece with horror elements. Yeah. Like uh, The Battery, like After Midnight. I, I love that. It's, it's, it's nice to be taken through and not just being pumped with jump scares every two seconds. I mean, I think there, there, there might be one too many potential jump scares in this, which it doesn't need because of, like you said, is actually excellent at the, the creating the story. So I don't necessarily think you, you need... What you're referring to in terms of... Every time she, like, as a close-up, so like when she opens her eyes or when she screams... Mm. What does she scream? Stay! Yeah. Come here! Yeah. Okay, yeah. Touch me! Whatever it is that she's screaming. <laughs> okay, okay, maybe in that maybe in those in those cuts there are maybe they are too jagged yeah. for those for that scene. And it doesn't need them because I think like it, it almost shifts the tone of the film. I don't think it really needs them in them quieter moments. Okay. No. Um, I mean I love I lo- 
I love the fact that we get a real a, a real life reaction from people as well, as if you were in their shoes. Let's face it, too many times we'll sit here and go, no, ridiculous, you wouldn't do that, you wouldn't do this. The scene when she's in the when she's in the chair. She's in the chair, but he doesn't pick it up on the phone. Yeah, so they sit in the chair. The phone the phone can't pick her up. When she when she opens her own screen and they just fucking run. Yeah, you would, you would totally get out. They do exactly what you would do. And then he does the perfectly reasonable thing as well of wanting his child out of harm's way and go, hey, kid, no, you're not going back in there. That is a perfectly reasonable thing to do. He goes, I've sunk sunk all my money in this house because, as we find out, he's he's desperate to get back with his ex-wife. So he has piled everything in this last shot of buying that dream house that she wanted does he want to get back with his ex-wife yes. because he yes. knows he's dying? No. No, I think he just Or is he just wanting to leave them something? No, because he's... he's take, Actually, he, no, you could look at it like no, that. No, because he's, ta- he's, he's, he's taking a tablet, but it's one of those things where he, where he says, you know, that's why, yes, I have a, I have, a I have this heart condition, but the medication, fine. it's him desperately wanting to get back. He's not wanting to get back with it and then die and just leave with a house. He's wanting a, he's wanting a better life for both of them but he's also still in love with her yeah because the only reason we see that he's in the end when he is there and he has passed away is the fact that his tablet case is in his hand so he hasn't taken them mm. so it's not a case of he's died it's a case of yeah if I don't take my medication M- moving back to because we've obviously skipped quite a lot there but moving back to um some of the more effective points of the film, which I absolutely adore, and I know you had trouble seeing it last night when we were watching, but it's the magic eye. Yes. And the magic eye is spectacular. It's amazing. Who would have thought to use that in the film? So the magic eye doesn't work for people who aren't very good with colours. So I didn't get anything out of looking at that thing at all. Which is a shame, because it's, it's a great effect. It when it, cha- when yeah. it changes from Finn to Lydia. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, I, I mean, I stood staring... And now we're like, what we're in there, it's like, it says it's there, I'm like, all right. And then she's like, did you see what it said this time? I'm like, I literally cannot see nothing but, like, the board. That's a shame, yeah. My mind can't break, I don't know whether it's, it must be down to colours, it's like when you do them colour tests. Yeah, I think it's just, I mean, it's not something you wouldn't have been able to find online, you would have been able, if I had been there telling you, you would have been able to find it. I wouldn't have bothered looking them. Would you not? Oh, no, I Hang on, hang on. You wouldn't have bothered looking at that, but the other week when you were talking about watercolours in 28 Days Later, you wanted to look that up straight away. This is... Because that was a weird shot. That's a weird shot. Why would you focus on a magic eye if something wasn't there? I don't know. Exactly. You don't know. So get in your lane. I'm joking. Why are you you so angry at me? It's not your film. Because I'm on beer number two. (laughs) And because Faye realises what an absolute masterpiece I do do adore it. No, I'm not... Well... To be fair, I have paused... I had to pause that to actually... There is a knack for having to relax your eyes yeah. and be able to see. I mean, we're out, we're out of the 90s now, so you can't just flip it on and off all the time. No, like you not could in like, 90s. Yeah, exactly. When magic eye books were everywhere. Clearly, that gives us a glimpse into when Mitten <laughs> <laughs> But um, I'm sure Chris would want to bring you on to the best scene in the film. Oh, where is, wants to speak what is the best first. scene in the film? Because I've got my best It's where Finn comes back. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, best yeah. scene, I think, in the film is very haunting inspired when Simon tries to wake up Finn and Finn's like half oh, asleep. Yeah. Oh, when he's and down. And he's saying, I had a dream yeah. last night and she, and like he starts crying like she told me what she'd do to you and stuff and then he opens his eyes and his dad's not even in house. That, that, that is, is creepy. awesome. Yeah. That is a very good scene. That's not my favourite. No, the, your favourite scene is, I'm guessing, my... My absolute favourite scene. Yeah. So Simon puts Finn on the bus to send him back to New York, the safe, the safe New York streets. Yeah. <laughs> on his own. <laughs> on a greyhound. Yeah. <laughs> on a greyhound. Yeah. My, beautiful, my beautiful twelve-year-old. Yeah, son. Twelve-year-old. I want you out of harm's way, but try not to run into a crackhead on my arm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So that logic aside, sends Finn sends Finn back Finn back to the city. Finn. Finn comes back because kids kids will do that. So they're they're sitting there having their conversation, having a conversation. At, at which point, Mercer called Finn a, a what you call a manipulative manipulative little prick. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So phone goes. 
it's his wife on the other line. And he goes to apologise for not sending Finn back, only to find out that, yes, Finn is back in New York. Dun, dun, dun. And, oh, my God, the hairs on the back of my neck are standing up now. It's such a good oh scene. Oh, my God, what an amazing scene. I think and he cool. doesn't flee straight away either. It doesn't initially no. get up and run. He's just rooted with fear of what's, what's happening. cool as well is the way that that little, that like, Finn... Fake thing. Yeah. It's outside room and it kind of like slowly turns his head and does like a little yeah. smile. Oh, yeah. And and then he's like, oh, fuck this, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. And then I think, mm-hmm. again, I think this part, again, is some amazing like storytelling. Yeah. And I love this part when he runs to the neighbours and the neighbours yeah. like, you know, really, you know, you really, can't you know, even you. left the yeah. house. Yeah. And then, and then he does it again where he's in the car. Um, and I love all of it until. It's his ex-wife. Oh. Mm. But I think Lydia's, like Lydia's searching there. Yeah, she's, she's grasping to yeah. find something he relates to. And ultimately, the thing he relates to is the reason she's, he's gone there in the first yeah, place. She's, to trying the house. she's trying to go, what will keep, what will keep him yeah. here? And it's, it's the fear of letting his family down. So she knows that him building this house was what he wanted to do to make her happy. This is her dream. Great. She kept horses, as he said. This is her dream home. And she knows that showing him that We'll make him go, yeah, you know mm. what? Even after, even with everything that's gone on, everything that I've still got, her and Finn being safe and secure and happy yeah. is the bigger picture. It's, it's a good move. It's a power move. It's done a power move It's on beautiful. It. It's absolutely... I love it. Which is, which is... That's actually not something you come across in many a, a horror film where you get a ghost or a witch or anything like that where... They, they, this she pop- wants to move on. She's not. She's not evil. She's not there to hurt him. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. That's all that it is. And she's quite. And she's quite intelligent in how she keeps in there. Because a ghost will like scare you and want to, you know. But she doesn't. She wants him to stay. It's, but she does scare him. She's. But she not enough to leave. Not, not enough to leave. If she scares him to death in there, will he just be trapped? Trapped in that house. Yeah. Obviously, he dies in there and he stays. But then again, he has a want to stay. So it could be she just starts out when it's just a change of a change of tack as she realizes what she does need to. Yeah. It's it's great. It's intelligent. I, I love it. Is. He's but then again, as I say, Andy Merton. I know we mentioned we gone earlier. The stuff he does with Woo-hoo. that and that, the stuff he does with that and goes there. He is an intelligent. But his films yeah, are not the, stupid. The, the, the like mid twist in we go on is brilliant. He is a very, very he is a very film. very smart filmmaker. I'm not seeing Yellow Brick Road though. No, not yet. No, I I I, I did think the film was quite good. Mm. Um, like I said, with, with most films, it's always going to be something that makes you go, mm, I didn't really look like that or whatever. But um, there, there was one scene that did bug me, which was when we see the woman in New York. With a witch. Yeah, I, I, really, yeah. I don't that really is, get this part. That is, yeah, I'll, I'll agree on that. It's not a scene that needed yeah. to be there. I'd, I'd say if he did need some closure on it, I'd probably look at it that she was free at that point and free to roam the earth again as she, she wanted. She swap places with him, though. Yeah. I think which makes it, which, the problem with that is it, make, it makes it look, if they would just had a either pass on, that would have been fine, or if we'd have just had him sitting there when he's passed away at the end. I don't think you even really needed the scene where they where they where they come in afterwards. But then we get the where, no, where we they get, move in. Yeah, but then we get the, like we get the, we get the no, and we get the you get you get the calm. We get it with the furnace working and the place feeling feeling like home. So that can stay the end scene where she's in the city. That's not the end scene. No, but it's, no. A, it's a misstep. I think it's this is one of them films that could have we could have shaved not loads off, but shaved at least five to eight minutes off. Then it make it an hour long film. We could have shaved some of them scenes off, shaved that, then moving in down because it it was quite long. Got rid of that whole scene, and we could have had a nice clear cut ending where she's gone, they've moved in, and they can feel the presence of him. That's all I'm saying. No, that's fair. I, I find it a really comforting ending. Yeah, it's, it's a, like it's like a warm blanket of an exactly. ending. Exactly, it's a, it's a sweet ending. So, in in summation, because I feel we've we've covered everything that we're going to in this. This is a beautiful film. 
it has heart, it has a family relationship that is absolutely detailed in the most perfect way. There is a sense of cre creepiness and an ease the whole way through, along with a couple of absolutely brilliant jump scares. And it is coming from, in my opinion, the single best director working in horror today. Finally, it's the listener's choice. As we've already divulged, it is the changeling. Mm. Everybody sounds thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, first time watch. We yeah. did it. We, we watched it together. We did. Um, this morning. So, it, 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 I'm not going to lie, it's quite a long film, so it's quite a tough watch. There's a lot, there is a lot going on yeah. in it. Yeah, we'll just break down a very, very brief summary of the plot, because otherwise I'll spend the oh. next 15, 20 minutes trying to... Uh... The plot. <laughs> There's air quotes, people. So, George, Ski, sorry, George C. Scott plays John Russell, recently bereaved, as we see at the very opening scene of the film. Unfortunately, his wife and daughter involved in a tragic accident. He is a composer and lecturer in music. Moves back to Seattle where he's teaching and working again. Moves into a very, very large, creepy old house. And weird, spooky events unfold from here. In what meets... Pol Poltergeist meets Perry Mason. Is <laughs> that is fair. That is absolutely fair. I mean, I'm going to start off by saying, does a single guy need that big a house? Does he need that house? The historical society are desperate to get these properties let. Why are they Do so you know, desperate? It's funny that you said that, because I, I, one of the first things I put were, as someone who's lost his wife and kid and suffering with grief and that loss, to move into such a big house with all that space... That's normally filled by a family. Surely that would make you feel... Even more isolated. I thought when it first started, it had a really nice, say nice, not really nice, but don't look now kind of vibe. The weirdest, the weirdest thing about that scene, and I'm laughing, which it shouldn't be during a death scene. Yeah. But the way, he, so they break, they break down as we find when they start, they're pushing the cars to the side of the road. He steps into the the phone box to make mm -hmm. a call. Car's career, and he forgets how to get out of a phone <laughs> box. Oh, no. you I'm literally put. Who can't open a phone box door? He's panicked. He's just banging on it. <laughs> he's standing there, he's rustling it. He's got safe cracking tools. <laughs> well, his wife and what I learned was his daughter afterwards, I thought it were a son. Appeared um, to jump safely out of harm's they just way. <laughs> cradle, she cradles in her arms and then just drops to the floor as if to yeah, say, cause in the car. Um, in all the takes you see of it, you don't see them... Obviously, you wouldn't see him explode and get splashed. No. But you see the van, the lorry, and the other car crashing their stationary car. And during none of those shots are those two anywhere Everywhere. to be yeah. seen. Because they've laid down, gently. That's um, why at the first I thought, oh, they survived because <laughs> they got out. They got out of the way. That's fine. No, I think it's um, just to highlight the strength of Mr. Mitten versus this film. They, they've, they both had a very short time to set up like a family dynamic and what impact something has. I don't think this one succeeded. No. I struggled to, like... I struggled with a lot of this film. <laughs> I did. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to slate it because there were great parts in it, but I felt it lost its way in the story quite a bit. I was happy. I know I got lost at a couple of points during the film, but in no way did I feel they got to the end and went, ah uh -huh. It's a case of, no, I've, I've pieced together, I know what's happening before he confronts me then. It's clear this this is what's it's happening. It's clear there's a story, but it's not clear of all the ins and outs for him to get to the centre at the end and go, hey, it was you, you were the changeling. And I'm like, well... No, yeah, that's, that's, clear, that's clear before, before I don't he tells me. I think the clear. problem was, each piece of information is given in, a, in quite a bizarre... Way yes. where you don't understand why it's been brought in there, but then when they pick the next piece and you go, All oh, right, yeah, these two fit together, yeah, so that works. So it's like putting a jigsaw together almost, mm. uh, in the sense of you know, we're piecing the right pieces together, but we're pulling them out of different boxes and going, That's in that box, that's in that box, that's and in that box. And maybe at 10 o'clock in the morning after mm. five hours sleep, that might not be. <laughs> and I found because the film itself 
pretty much throughout is quite chopper. That kind of lends to you sometimes going, wait, what? Yeah. What did I miss? Did yeah. I miss something there? I mean, is that purposely yeah. there to disorientate you? Maybe, or? I don't know. I mean, I did ask myself a few times, like, what am I watching? Did I fall asleep? <laughs> like, what did I miss? Yeah. And then, and then realised I missed nothing, but I got my information a bit later on. Yeah. So... I really liked him as a character. I think he's. I think he's well drawn. I know you say obviously family dynamic. Yeah. And I think I think the gag when he goes in the lecture when he goes to the lecture theatre the first time, when it's obviously he's a big name in music and it's rammed and he's making the little gags. I think he's really really good. Um, I couldn't get on board with him. He did these weird big smiles, mm-hmm. which put me about a bit. Um, and when he played. Obviously, my notes are always classic. Mm-hmm. When he played the piano, and he, we're having to look like, mm, I'm playing this lovely music, I kind of get the feeling that the director came up to me and said, you're going to have to give me a cum face because <laughs> you're not giving me anything. <laughs> because it literally looked like it went, mm, yeah. It's like, in, I felt like it was euphoric. Yeah, vinegar stroke. I, honestly, <laughs> that's all I got from it. I was like, I'm, I bet his direction was like you jizzing. I'm absolutely sure it wasn't. I kind of did struggle with him a little bit. I, I like Talk, his entire performance. I couldn't. I couldn't buy it. Right. Talk about the piano when they did because there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of really nice ghost story point house tropes in there. The ball, the ball bouncing down the stairs. Yeah, really, I love that. That's really good. The the taps running, all that kind of stuff. Oh, you mean no. when, the, when the wet bandits got in? Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Again, that's it. Went a ghost. We were getting again. Wrong. That's that's perfectly fine. What about from Home Alone? All oh, right, the wet bandits. That piano note, when it hits, how long does that note hold for? I mean, I don't know, because I, I actually didn't notice that. I didn't, to be Because, fair. Of, funnily enough, you, you're obviously expecting that to happen, because we've, we've had a, oh, look, I'm hitting a bum note. And then so the camera zooms in yeah. on this so one like, right, so the, like, I know what's going to happen, so I didn't really pay that much attention. Yeah, oh, they do with the soundtrack, because the, the play, they play, go ding, and then the soundtrack goes in, it just sounds like the piano one continuous note in terms of I don't want to say revealing your monster because it's not revealing your monster but in terms of revealing you know the the heart of the story when um, the child has been drowned mm-hmm. I really like the imagery and how he's under the water I, I like underwater imagery like I I do know like the mean. bubbles look, leaving yeah. and then the bubbles stopping and just the just the reflection of the light on the water. I suppose as well, it, it's quite seeing children get killed is always quite shocking. Yes, it is. Um, especially drowning. That's quite a quite a brutal death for a child. It is. Yeah. The seance is really good as well. Mm. Oh, did you think? Yeah, I enjoyed oh, man. I enjoyed the fact. I like the fact they did the automatic writing. Stuff yeah. rather than just rather than big candles and the flame. Right, yeah. was good. Uh, that was good. But I think uh, when you spell out Jose, no. <laughs> What's your name? Did you die here? Are you a child? I'm like, put something into it, woman. Like you were so boring. She's so, a medium, she not an actress. <laughs> she's supposed. She's supposed to be. She's supposed it's to, an actress playing a medium. She, but she's being like an actual medium. Yeah, she's it? supposed to be. She's supposed to be zoned out. Right. More, what mediums do you know that don't put on a show to try and entice? I she's know, a, that's that's because mediums. she's a real medium. She's, there's no such thing as a real medium. There is. I no. thought, like literally, she was so flat. I was just like, this is like, like this is so boring right now. Just her part. The writing was good. I quite liked all the writing. It's more the amount of paper. I'm sure she'll be thrilled to hear that. You couldn't get, away. You couldn't get away with that much writing nowadays. No. Carbon footprint. You have to yeah. have dry, dry, dry erase boards. Yeah. <laughs> What's your name, Joseph? Fucking hell, I'm going to this up. Right, go. What, what I, was that again? I genuinely thought because... Because someone fell asleep. Because someone might have nodded off because it was 10 o'clock in the morning with five hours sleep. Um, I genuinely thought they'd roll Jose. <laughs> Not Joseph. You were shocked by the way ahead of its time comment on immigration, I know. I was. So then he's questioning what's happened in the house and he's getting all this information and he rocks up at the historical society and then Poundland Tangina. <laughs> <laughs> well, she is. Her face looks like it and everything. And she's like, oh, information, information. Here's the information you need. Well, I have a question. Oh, I've said too much. 
Give him what he needs. She didn't even like acknowledge that she'd said it. She just walked away. Just you know, she like, reminded me of this. from the haunting. We don't come here after dark. We never come here after dark. Obviously, that scene, yeah, it's a bit ridiculous. I didn't mind the investigative part when we moved when we moved into the the kind of Columbo esque. Does anyone remember Kolchak, the night the night stalker, or just no? No. I know the, I know the title. Basically, it was a, it was a journalist who battled a monster of the week pretty much okay. every week. But he was doing the investigative bit at the same time, and that's kind of, kind of what we move into here. That sounds like something I'd love. Is I used to watch it grow, growing up in front of my first forays in the horror, and it's absolutely brilliant. It's definitely, it. If anyone can find a copy of it, I'm pretty sure there's a DVD, Blu-ray release of it. If there's a trailer for it or anything, we'll stick it on. We'll yeah. stick, yeah, we'll stick well, it on. So yeah. give you some idea, because I have an idea. I have no idea. So yeah, I've heard the title, well, but I'm not. Yeah. yeah. But as I say, the investigator bit, I had no, I had no problem with it. I quite like a procedural drama. It's very 80s. I got lost and didn't know what I was watching. I felt like mm. I was watching some political kind of blackmail drama with like a hint of supernatural. Mate, if, if you're not on board with this, then don't get into Shin Godzilla because it's basically West Wing with Godzilla. So don't get into that. Yeah, you would not enjoy. I mean... <laughs> it is, isn't okay. it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost Chris. I don't. I don't. I don't want to. Be, I don't want to say it's the worst thing I've ever seen. It's probably one of the worst things I've ever seen. But it is basically 90, 90 minutes of ad, admin while a big, a big lizard they've stuck googly eyes. Honestly, it's, it's hilarious. But ninety percent of the film is. Where did so-and-so go? He went into meeting room A. He's not in meeting room C. You need to pass by meeting room D and then go around meeting room, meeting room Z and you're in meeting room A. Like, Why? Can I just say... Changeling doesn't get that bad. I'm just yeah. going to say, but this, actually, this conversation right now, like me listening to it, is how I felt watching the change later on. Okay, sorry. Well, I apologise. Don't really know what's happened here. Yeah, no to Shin Godzilla <laughs> is what we're saying. So, yeah. Sorry, Stevie. I, I did kind of feel like, mm, not sure. I really dig this whole double vibe thing. Um, not sure where it's going. Yeah. As I say, I've got, I, like, I like the procedural stuff and I like... I don't mind that with an edge. It, it gives it an original original take. And for my first time watching that, I really, I really, really enjoyed that. So... We haven't even got to it. We haven't even got to the ending. Which we should is, probably just do all the ending. We'll talk, really over, we'll talk over the ending. Yeah. Which is odd because this did really, really lose me. Where what was actually happening? Because he's the the changeling, the replacement, is in the office having a hard time while he's also seen walking what? up the stairs yeah. into the house that's on fire. Mm-hmm. So you go, okay, maybe it's just maybe it's just a vision that he's in there because he's already died having a heart attack. But no, because from the from they then take him outside and put him in the ambulance yes, when yeah. George C. Scott is standing is there. But when the camera pans back across, his office is next to the burning house. It's a really it's the what was it, it? It, 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 felt, it felt to me like he was that it was a vision. So he was seeing all this happening and that's why he had the heart attack. But George C. Scott saw him walk so up the have, stairs. Unless so he's seen what yeah. connection with yeah. the ghost because he lived with them. Yeah, I didn't get the ending that much. Um, or like, if I didn't if hate I was, it though, I didn't hate if it. If I was to kind of like give my personal summary of the yeah. film, it was it was all right. I kind of found that a lot of the times they were trying to create tension, which didn't really work. I didn't find the actors could create the, the kind of tension that the movie or the yeah. music was trying to do. And ultimately, it fell a little bit flat for me. Yeah, I'd agree. I'll get out of the bat for it, because I actually really enjoyed it. I think the procedural stuff was a nice twist on the normal one. stuff. all the tropes that they did were done really well. And I found a, a thoroughly entertaining hour and 50 minutes. And that, I think... <laughs> Not that I was counting, not that I was watching Calvin the Clark. Just because we had to record. So I found it thoroughly entertaining and I think it very much deserves a place in our final four today. So that has been our hauntings episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thank you for suggesting the changeling. Mm. Thank you for the one hours and fifty minutes when we get back. I'm joking, I'm kidding. I didn't hate it, I didn't hate it. 
Um, yeah, we're going to drop the poll soon, so get voting. I'm just curious, are we going to see a win for Fear? Or um, I mean, Chris, still going to reign supreme? Let's hope it's for me. Or is the changing going to like kick his butts? I mean, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a film that's hugely loved. And last time, the, the chosen film almost, later. almost mm. took it if it wasn't for our, our scores. Mm-hmm. So, I guess we'll see. We'll see. So, until next time. <laughs> I've always wanted to sell that. Sorry. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> until next time, I've been Mercer. I've been Faye. And I've been Chris. Toodles! Thank you very much. Thank you. To keep up to date with everything we're doing, or if you want to contact us at all, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook and Letterboxd by searching for I Spit on Your Grids, Twitter by searching for the handle at SpitGrids, or you can email us on electricpossums at gmail.com.